Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans? It's your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be as well as take a look around the NHL, and holy frig, they have done it again. After trailing by a pair of goals near the midpoint of the third period on Wednesday night, the Bruins came back with three late ones to beat the Flyers 4-3 in overtime. And we will, of course, break it all down on today's show. It is Thursday, February 4th, and our Bruins are, wow, just, (laughs) I can't even describe what it's like to watch this team these days. What a roller coaster. Later on in the show, we will also look at where they fit in among the NHL's top five teams, as well as update some news and notes from around the NHL where COVID is becoming increasingly an issue. Before we get to all that, let me remind you, you can subscribe to the podcast on whatever app you use. Please do so, and each new episode will be automatically added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated, preferably positively, of course. If you're on Twitter, you can follow the podcast at LO Boston Bruins, also on Instagram at Locked On Bruins, and you can find me with my hockey commentary, Bruins analysis, dad jokes, lost recaps. Uh, all kinds of other stuff at Ian C. McLaren on both Twitter and Instagram. Now let's get into last night's game, shall we? And it looked very early on that the Bruins might buck their trend of going down by a couple of three goals as David Pasternak kicked off the scoring just 12 seconds into the game. A set play off the faceoff, Bergeron to McAvoy to Pasternak, who pulled off a nice move on Shane Gossis Bear and was able to get the puck past Carter Hart for his third goal of the season. From there, however, things did not go their way as Kevin Hayes scored in the second period and Jacob Voracek, Joel Farabee scored in the first half of the third period to put our Bruins down 3-1 with about 11 minutes to go. But cue the heroics from David Pasternak. He scored a power play goal at the 12.05 mark. He added another power play goal at the 19.45 mark, kind of uh, batting the puck out of midair past Carter Hart to send the game to overtime. The Bruins were then given another power play opportunity, and Patrice Bergeron scored the game winner from David Pasternak and David Krejci. So the Bruins, yeah, they did benefit from some late penalty calls, Kevin Hayes hooked Brad Marchand with about two minutes left to set up the tying goal. And then Scott Lawton was called for interference with about eight seconds left in regulation for the Bruins to start overtime on the power play where they did not miss on that four versus three opportunity. The story, of course, was David Pasternak. He recorded a four-point night, including the ninth hat-trick of his career, and He now has five goals and two assists in three games, the five goals coming over the past two games. Uh, And he's averaging about 21 minutes of ice time, doesn't seem to have missed a beat after recovering from off-season surgery. 
head coach Bruce Cassidy said, what sometimes happens with guys when they miss that much time, you lose your timing a bit, your hands and your timing are a little bit out of sync. He showed me, Cassidy said with a laugh. Usually your legs are there because you've been skating a lot, but that's not the issue. It's the bumping and the grinding and the timing of taking a pass and not getting hit and all that. Obviously, Pasta's on a mission. Good for him. We need it. He's a guy that he's here and he's predominantly a scorer. You need those guys to win hockey games for you. He's done it the last few nights. Clearly looks energized, ready to play. We're thankful for it and grateful. Pasternak said he appreciates all those around him that have helped him get back on the ice as soon as possible this season. He said the recovery was really long, something he hasn't had in his career to date. It was a long wait. He's been itching to get back there as soon as he stepped on the ice and felt like he did after the surgery. He knew he could get his conditioning up and be feeling great. It feels good, he said. We believe in the room. We know if we play a full 60 minutes, we can make things happen and turn things around. Great effort, great character win. The other day, I mentioned how they had been focusing on their power play after it went one for eight against the Capitals in those two previous games. Last night, they went three for four. And the lack of discipline on the flyer side with the Bruins' ability to mesh well on the power play certainly helped the team on this night with the late power play goal to tie it and the overtime power play goal to win it. Now, Bruce Cassidy did go with five forwards at times. He said, I don't know if very many teams are using all five forwards. It's situational. We just don't always have room for everybody. So the thinking is we'll stay with it as long as it's effective, especially with Matt Grizzlick still out of the lineup. Whatever helps us win. If it's a bit unconventional, so be it. We're out there to score goals. You probably won't see us do it a lot in a tie game or if we're ahead, especially if it's later on. We'll just keep using it when we feel that the risk is worth it. The Bruins did deploy five forwards at the beginning of the power play that uh, resulted in the game tying goal. And Bergeron and Marchand did record the assists on that Pasternak goal. I mentioned Pasternak had four points. Bergeron also had four points. I noted on Twitter this morning that he is averaging 1.5 points per game over a 56-game season. If he were to keep that up, he would record 84 points, which would be a career high. How bananas would it be for him to get a career high in points in a shortened season at 35 years of age? Probably slow down a bit, but... Maybe not. Uh, you know, he, Martian, and Pasternak, one of the best, if not the best line in the NHL, and they certainly are rolling right now. The Bruins outshot the Flyers by a margin of 35-25. to 25. When it comes to uh, possession stats, they also held the advantage, and that's the thing with these Bruins. In the games against Washington, in the games against, or this game against Philadelphia, they were down, but it's not because they were being outplayed necessarily. The Bruins in this one had a 56.5 to 43.5% advantage in shot attempts. 65 shot attempts to 50 in all situations. In 5-on-5, it was 51-44. Uh, the Flyers had a bit of the edge in terms of scoring chances. It was a 50-50 split in terms of high danger chances. 
but just getting the puck on net, uh, the Bruins had the advantage in this one. And um, when it comes to expected goals, they had an advantage in all situations, 2.54 to 1.97. And that was thanks to that success on the power play. So again, just because the Bruins are finding themselves down in these games doesn't necessarily mean they're being outplayed. Their possession stats, uh, they're third in the NHL in both um, shot attempt differential and expected goals. And their shooting percentage at 5-on-5 is still pretty low, meaning there's still another level to reach with this team. If they can get the bounces early in these games, they won't face these, um, you know, deficits that they have to make up and we could really see this team hit another level once DeBrusque is back in the lineup once Grizzlick's back in the lineup and if they can start you know finishing these chances early on they certainly had a bunch in the first period Pasternak had a couple other chances they outshot the Flyers 13-11 in the second period and then had a 12-6 advantage in the third period so they're getting the pucks on net Trying to generate offense just hasn't been clicking as well early on, but it's not an indictment on kind of slow starts or how the team is playing overall, uh, which should be encouraging to us as Bruins fans. It's, uh, you know, kind of dramatic how they've been pulling off these wins. Uh, It's exciting for those of us who stay with it until the end. Uh, For those who have turned off the last couple games, sorry, but, uh, you know, with these Bruins... You got to watch the full 60 minutes, 60 plus minutes to get uh, the result that we want. And hopefully in Friday night's game against the Flyers, they can avoid this uh, deficit because they won't always make it up, but they're playing well enough to pretty much beat anybody on any given night at the moment. And that should be encouraging to us as Bruins fans. Full credit to the Bruins again for pulling off the comeback. David Pasternak, electric on this night. We are so lucky to have him as a Bruin. Incredible to think that 23 picks in the draft were made prior to his name being called. And, you know, we talk a lot about the 2015 draft and whiffs the Bruins made. The Bruins are lucky to have had Pasternak fall to them later in the first round. And uh, Charlie McAvoy to... uh, to that end as well they're lucky that he was available at the 14 spot in his draft year McAvoy played 23 minutes 13 seconds recorded an assist to extend his point streak I believe he now has nine points in his last six games and uh, just continues to anchor this new look defense Jacobs Borrell didn't look too great uh, he had a pretty weak play in the defensive zone that led to Jacob Voracek's goal very weak on the puck uh, Anton Bleed I wasn't very impressed with either and again continuing to bang that Zach Sinitian drum I would much rather see Sinitian on the third line with Coyle than Wagner uh, put Wagner back on the fourth line move Bjork back to the left side Sinitian in on the third line we might not see any changes here while the team remains in Philadelphia but we'll have this break Prior to the games next week, thanks to the COVID pause of the Buffalo Sabres, so maybe they can make some adjustments there. I actually wouldn't mind seeing Yerho Vakaninen in there as well, but uh, we'll talk about that tomorrow prior to Friday night's game, Uh, but for now, just relishing this win, and uh, it certainly was a thrill to watch for sure. 
Before we move on, let's talk for a moment about betonline.ag. BetOnline is an exciting new partner that we have here at the Locked On Network. And with betonline.ag, you don't have to sit on the sidelines anymore when you're watching the Super Bowl, NBA, NHL. You can get in on the action with the best odds in the business. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON when you sign up for a free account at betonline.ag to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. You can visit our good friends and exclusive partner at betonline underscore ag on social media to take advantage of other bonuses that they offer. Sign up for a free account. Use promo code LOCKEDON today for your 50% sign-up bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. We're covering everything you need to know about the Bruins, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get podcasts. On Thursdays here on Locked on Bruins, I like to do a segment called All the President's Men, which is a look at the top five teams around the NHL who are vying for the President's Trophy. I don't know about you, but I'm finding myself kind of less in tune with the other divisions, seeing as all of Boston's games this season are against the seven other teams in the East on Tuesdays, we look at the East Division Power Rankings, so Thursdays, I like to look at the league as a whole and see who is faring best. Now, when I look at the uh, top five teams, I don't look just at the standings, not just at points. Uh, I like to look at point percentage, goal differential, and also the shot attempt differential, just to get a fuller sense of who is actually Uh, competing at the highest level around the NHL. In this week's rankings, there's a distinct Southeast feel as well as an Atlantic Division feel. I swear it's not just an East bias. These teams are performing at a very high level. And I'll begin in the number five spot with the Florida Panthers. They've only played six games, but they're 5-0-1 for a league-high 9-17 point percentage. They have a plus six goal differential. And if you look at their underlying numbers, they're pretty strong as well. They rank seventh when it comes to uh, Corsi, 53.3. They're also doing pretty well when it comes to expected goals, sitting in 11th at 52.97. The Florida Panthers, I like to point out often that uh, they're one of two teams to have not won a playoff series in the shootout era, the other being the Toronto Maple Leafs. But the Panthers at the moment appear to be a pretty good team and should be in line to uh, challenge for a playoff spot in the Central Division that, uh, you know, apart from a few teams, not very strong. But another one of those teams is the defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning. They have a record of 6-1-1 through 8 games, an 8-13 point percentage, a plus 12 goal differential, and their underlying number is pretty encouraging as well, 52.45 when it comes to Corsi, good for ninth in the NHL. They still have one of the premier goalies in Andrei Vasilevsky, premier defenseman in Victor Hedman, even without Nikita Kucherov, still a very strong and balanced lineup. 
and the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, could very well challenge for another run at the Stanley Cup. A team that could get in their way is the third place team this week, and that is the Carolina Hurricanes. The Hurricanes are 6-1-0 through seven games, 857 point percentage, plus nine goal differential, and they are actually the top team in the NHL when it comes to Corsi, 57.05. Expected goals, they're also very strong. Number one team, 57.1, and their PDO is down at 98%. As a result of their 5-on-5 shooting percentage standing at a measly 4.86. Now something that could hurt the Hurricanes is the fact that Peter Mrazek had, I believe, thumb surgery the other day. He'll be out for a while, so James Reimer will step up. Mrazek was, I believe, the leading goalie when it comes to save percentage so far this season. So that could be a very difficult loss for them to absorb they've also missed some games due to covid so they'll have some postponements to make up later in the season so a compressed schedule could hurt them but the hurricanes incredibly deep up front and on the blue line Uh, people were high on them last season of course our bruins eliminated them from the playoffs but uh, top to bottom one of the top teams in the nhl to be sure So there's the old Southeast Division teams there. When it comes to the top two teams, well, I'm going to put our Bruins in second this week. They have a record of 7-1-2, an 800 point percentage, plus 11 goal differential. That is fifth in the NHL. What strikes me about the Bruins is the fact that their underlying numbers are pretty, pretty strong indeed. They have a shot attempt differential, Percentage of 55.86, that's third in the NHL behind the Hurricanes and the Avalanche. They are third when it comes to expected goals, 56.44 behind the Hurricanes and the Montreal Canadiens. And their PDO is still pretty low at 5-on-5. It's 9.64, that's 30th in the NHL. Again, for those not familiar with PDO, you add up the shooting percentage as well as save percentage. The idea is that most teams will average out around an even uh, 100. Right now, the Bruins are at 96.4 as a result of a pretty strong save percentage, 90.23, but also a very low shooting percentage at 5-on-5. That's where we see uh, some room for improvement. If the Bruins can get their 5-on-5 scoring up even more again the average is around 10 percent shooting percentage there uh, so with Pasternak back when DeBrus comes back when Grizzly comes back that should all help as well and this is why we're seeing the Bruins facing these early deficits they're getting chances they're getting pucks on net but it's just not going in for them at this point at some juncture the shooting percentage will positively regress and the Bruins will get some of those bounces Some of these chances will start finding the back of the net, and they could be even better than they are right now, which is kind of a scary thought uh, for all those who suggested perhaps they would find their window closed as a result of Chara and Krug leaving. It seems as though they're doing just fine, and the defense is holding up very well, and the offense is starting to improve, certainly with the re-addition of David Pasternak. 
the number one team. Very difficult to ignore the success of the Montreal Canadiens so far this season. 7-1-2, an 800-point percentage, a league-leading plus 17 goal differential, and their uh, fancy stats back up their strong play as well. They are fourth in the NHL with a shot attempt differential of 54.36. And, you know, Carey Price, Shea Weber leading the way for this team that made some very impressive additions that are paying off early. Josh Anderson, Tyler Toffoli, both of whom I had expressed interest in the Bruins taking a look at. Uh, they're playing very well. Nick Suzuki is a budding superstar. So right now, I'm putting the Montreal Canadiens at 1, Boston 2, followed by Tampa Bay, Carolina, and Florida. I should mention, of course, that uh, there are teams like Dallas, Vegas, Toronto, St. Louis, Washington, Colorado, who are very much uh, worthy of some consideration. But for this week, those are the five teams that I am choosing to go with. Before we move on to some news and notes from around the NHL, let's talk for a moment about rockauto.com. They're a family-owned business, and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. If you go to rockauto.com, you can shop for auto and body parts from literally hundreds of manufacturers. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Their prices are always reliably low, and their selection is unmatched. Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Locked On Bets is a great new podcast here on the Locked On Network, and betting on your favorite sports leagues does not have to be a guessing game if you check out this new show hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked On Bets, brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. All right, as we do on Locked On Boston Bruins, let's finish with some news and notes from around the NHL. COVID becoming increasingly an issue. As I mentioned, the Minnesota Wild schedule is on pause until at least next Tuesday after five more players were added to their COVID-19 protocol list. A few players were added to Buffalo's list and their games are postponed until at least February 8th. Uh, I think there were 17 New Jersey Devils who were on the list yesterday, which is uh, very concerning. Um, so, yeah, that's, I think, 22 games now that have been postponed. Four or five teams currently on pause as a result. I think the Wild, Devils, Sabres, and I can't remember the other team, but there have been a bunch of postponements around the league over the last week. The NHL is making some adjustments this morning to help airflow in arenas. I believe the glass is being taken out from behind the benches. Uh, but uh, it's very concerning. Hopefully they can slow down this spread or else they could be in trouble down the season if games have to be canceled. Uh, Pierre Lebrun reminding us to look at point percentage instead of points because it could come to a point where that's how they will determine the standings instead 
uh, if a lot of games are canceled down the road. Some good news. Henrik Lundqvist is in good spirits and said he's feeling well a month after undergoing open-heart surgery. He mentioned this on Twitter on a video yesterday, and that's really great to see. And best wishes to the King on his ongoing recovery. Hopefully he can resume his NHL career at some point. But obviously his personal health comes first. The Ottawa Senators placed defenseman Braden Coburn on waivers yesterday. He's a veteran defenseman who was a member of the Tampa Bay Lightning last year. I don't know if the Bruins would take a look at him. He's a veteran with experience, a left-hand shot. Uh, yeah, I don't know if he's really worth looking at at this point in his career. Again, Jacobs Borrell looked like a player who could use a night off or two. I don't know if he's quite ready for prime time when it comes to the uh, playoffs, but we'll see if Don Sweeney makes any adjustments in the coming weeks and months as we look ahead to the playoffs. Speaking of Don Sweeney, he was named an assistant general manager for Canada's 2022 Olympic hockey team. He said it's an incredible privilege to work with these guys. That includes a team of uh, Doug Armstrong from St. Louis, Ken Holland from Edmonton, Ron Francis from Seattle, Roberto Luongo, who now works for the Florida Panthers. The St. Stephen, New Brunswick native said it's an incredible privilege to work with these guys. Knowing the success that each and every one of them individually have had, it's overwhelming at times to think of the knowledge and being in the conversations and realizing that listening skills for me need to improve, need to be a sponge. So a cool learning opportunity for Sweeney to be surrounded by all these guys. And hopefully he's able to nudge the executive group into bringing Bruce Cassidy into the mix as a coach, if not head coach, at least an assistant coach for that 2022 Olympic team that will be stacked with talent, to be sure. Now, there are, according to Bob McKenzie, at least four or five teams kicking the tires and doing due diligence when it comes to Tony D'Angelo. They're seeing if he's a worthwhile reclamation project. Spoiler alert, no. Uh, the Calgary Flames, Red Wings, Los Angeles Kings, and Anaheim Ducks are among the teams who are interested, apparently. McKenzie said the Rangers' plan B is to buy him out at the end of the season. They're not prepared to retain a big portion of his $4.8 million average annual value, nor are they willing to take on a big contract coming the other way. They'd only face a $300,000 penalty for buying him out next season and $800,000 the year after. So that's certainly a possibility. When it comes to other defensemen, the Bruins could realistically target Keith Yandel's name still out there as well as Vince Dunn, uh, but nothing in the works at the moment as far as I know, seeing as, again, the defense has been pretty strong to say the least. I think that's it for today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. One note to finish, among active NHL players, David Pasternak is now 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6th in terms of regular season hat-tricks. He now has nine. He's one behind John Tavares, two behind Sidney Crosby, three behind Evgeny Malkin, and five back of Eric Stahl. Alex Ovechkin, the clear leader at 27. Uh, but, you know, Pasternak could realistically be third on the list by the end of the season. I don't know if he could catch Stahl, 
but certainly three more hat tricks over the next 40 something games. It's possible. Um, and he certainly seems to be emerging as the NHL's next great goal scorer behind Alex Ovechkin. Thrilling to see him do his thing last night with the hat trick. Seems like every time he gets the puck on his stick, he's a threat to score. And again, we're very lucky to have him in black and gold. Uh, hopefully he can stay healthy for the balance of the season and uh, really make an impact in the playoffs as well. But David Pasternak, we bow down to you and thank you for all that you do for us. Night off tonight for the Bruins. We'll be back tomorrow previewing the rematch against the Flyers. I think I'll be recording with the Locked On Flyers team tonight, so expect some crossover action tomorrow. Uh, I'll probably be watching Justified tonight. Only four episodes left. I started season two of Lost last night, uh, which I just love. Uh, Mind blown again by the Desmond Jack flashback in the first episode of season one. And uh, yeah, just uh, really excited to watch that again. I haven't seen the later seasons as much as the earlier ones, so it's very cool to go back and watch that. Also reading this book, Norco 80, which I cannot recommend highly enough. Can't put it down. Story of the most violent bank robbery in American history, and it's just bananas. Uh, it reads like a movie, and uh, yeah, I really love it. So if you're into that kind of stuff, check that out. Thanks so much for listening, friends. Thanks for subscribing. Please do if you haven't already. And uh, we'll catch you tomorrow with the last episode this week of Locked On Boston Bruins. Have a great rest of your Thursday. and Take care of yourselves, friends.